Welcome to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. IFA Talk is for professional investors only. Thank you. Thanks very much for joining us for the latest episode of IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast, where we talk to people who matter about the things that matter in the world of financial services. I'm Brandon Russell, online writer here at IFA Magazine, and joining on the podcast this week is our editor, Sue Whitbread. Hello, everyone. And as we all know, the tax year end is not that far away now. And it's always a key focus area for advisors. But as we also all know, it can be very complicated. Uh, Making gifts is one of the key tools in the toolbox of advisors. But it's a matter for great care, for great attention, because the risks of potentially exempt transfers, of gifts of reservation, and apologies, we're getting into the jargon right at the start here, are significant. I also think that advisors and paraplanners might even admit to a bit of a knowledge gap on the subject as well. So I'm pleased to say that our podcast guest today is Kat McInally. And Kat is an investment specialist at MG Wealth. And she's going to be talking to Brandon and I about gifting, something which it seems is becoming increasingly popular. So Kat, welcome to the podcast. Before we get to the detail, can we start by asking you to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your role at MG Wealth? Thanks very much and warm welcome from me. Um, so as you said, my name's Kat. I've worked at MG Wealth, previously Prudential, for over 20 years now. Um, so it seems like uh, such a long time. Um, and my main role is to go out there and talk to advisors, help educate advisors around about key subjects such as investments. We do quite a lot of gifting and planning, hence the call today. Um, primarily in the north, given the accent, probably tell that I reside um, in in uh, Scotland. So primarily looking after our IFA community um, up in the north, down to Manchester and over to Leeds. Excellent. Thank you, Kat. I shall look forward to the conversation. Yeah, and thanks for coming on today, Kat. Uh, like Sue said, life, uh, lifetime gifting is getting much more popular as a means of estate planning. But why do you think that is? Um, well, I think lifetime gifting is becoming popular um, because I think it's necessary. Um, we've seen such a change in generations from the baby boomer generation who um, had access to free university education, um, entered the workplace, probably, I'm, I'm being a bit um, sort of generalistic here, but probably had a job for life where they had a lovely final salary pension scheme, which on retirement paid out um, an income for life. Um, it was known, it might have been linked to inflation, which was often very nice. Um, so we've had that generation to the generation now where, you know, my generation, um, unless you were lucky enough to have parents that paid for your education, and I wasn't, um, I had to work my way through university and pay for it myself, um, along with some student loans. Um, we've, we've, we've started off our working career in debt, um, buy the house, more debt. Um, and now we're living in the situation where we have um, a, a sort of cost of living crisis and, and we need help. Um, so I think I think gifting has become um, a necessity for a lot of people. Um, I also think just given, you know, you'll have seen the the uh, announcement in the, the press around about the IHT receipts, um, more and more people are falling into the trap of paying IHT. Um, I think the, the receipts for April to December 2023 were 5.7 billion. Um, that's around 400 million higher 
than in the same period last year. Um, so there's one thing, there's one sort of group of people getting richer from um, uh, lack of gifting, and, and, and that's the government. So I think when you combine we're having rising IHT receipts and advisors are seeing that IHT receipts are rising. Um, clients don't like to pay tax. Um, so it's it's a tax that we can potentially, maybe not use the word avoid, but we can plan for that. Um, and also combined with just the current situation of mortgage rates going up, um, people, you know, childcare um, going going up, um, inflation uh, going up, you know, the, the generation that have lived with debt since they left school, um, servicing that debt at much higher credit card interest rates um, has meant that, you know, gifting has become a necessity for a lot of people. Oh, indeed it has, Kat. And as you say, clients seem to be very determined to to try and maximise the amount that they actually do pass on to the benefit to their beneficiaries. So, gifting is just one of those ways of doing it, isn't it? It's a technical area, that's for sure. Yes, it is. Uh, so, when it comes to making gifts, then what what are the main rules that you think advisors need to be aware of so that those beneficiaries of advisors' clients won't actually be subjected to any extra taxation? sometime in future obviously when the client is no longer around sure yeah well there's i always class with this type of subject around about gifting there's written rules and there's unwritten rules so if we start with the written rules the written rules are around about well how much are you actually allowed to gift um mm. and and the, the 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 main gift that we talk about or the main um sort of exemption is you've got three thousand pound a year that you can gift away um i mean that's been like that since 1981 um mm when, you know, £3,000 was probably quite a sizable amount to be given out of your estate. Um, these days, £3,000, um, although it sounds like quite a lot of money in the grand scheme of things, where you, when you have an IHT liability, um, £3,000 a year is probably not going to solve that problem for you. So I think what advisors need to be mindful of is the tax position of the client clearly now, whilst they're still alive, if we're doing planning now, or... Um, and also the tax position once they've passed away. So we need to be mindful of you. I think you mentioned um, at the start, you know, we've got different types of, of gifts. Mm -hmm. um, you know, can have a, a chargeable lifetime transfer or we can go down the potentially exempt transfer oh. routes. Um, so I always think, I don't think anyone would um, regret starting planning as early as possible. So what we typically tend to find when, when we speak to advisors is they'll come to us with a complicated case and nine times out of 10, we're at that point where it's a little bit too late to start that planning because we don't like to think about death. We don't like to think about um, the, the worst possible outcome. And certainly, um, you know, you don't want to be badgering your parents, um, you know, what, what you're going to do with all your, your, your money when when you're no longer here. It's, it's sort of that like conversation that we don't like to have. Um, so I think for an advisor, it's starting that. So the, the rule is start the conversation as soon as you possibly can. I mean, if a client has an IHT liability, obviously you'll find that out through the fact finding uh, process with clients when, when you're giving them advice. Find out what they actually think about gifting. Um, one thing that we do come across quite a lot, and as a member of STEP, we, we come across this quite a lot through STEP, is 
contentious family situations. Um, you know, we all like to think of the ideal family set up where everyone talks to each other and we all get, you know, along over Sunday dinner. Um, that's typically not the case these days. You know, we have uh, blended families. We have, um, you know, uh, stepchildren coming into the picture. We have people who want to protect their assets for their children. Um, they might love their new partner um, uh, in all ways, but they might not be so keen on, on the stepchildren. Um, they might want to make sure that their children are taken care of before um, uh, stepchildren, etc. And I think that's often missed out when when advisors are given uh, advice to clients is around about checking out those those situations because uh, if everything passes to let's say you've already been widowed or you are divorced and you remarry if everything passes to your new partner then on their death your wealth goes to their side of the family and um, so it's just around about i'd say the rules are um make sure that you have done the planning and you you understand the family setup. I mean, it could be that you have a um, a child who perhaps you wouldn't want to give money to right now, or maybe you would never want to give um one of your your children money. We we hear about this all the time. You know, people falling out with their family members. Um, they might have a family member that has um certain uh problems or issues that they wouldn't want money then passed down. Um, one of the the big um, uh, sort of stop gaps of, a, of clients not wanting to do gifting is that they worry that the generation will squander their inheritance. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, they, they worry about gifting money alive because, well, they're just going to squander it. They're going to, you know, get the, the, the latest Tesla to sit on the driveway and have the, uh, the hot tub in the back garden because it looks really good for the Instagram photos. Um, but mm -hmm. they've worked really hard for that money. And they don't want to see the money squandered in that way. Um, so I think the rule is open and honest conversation, open and honest dialogue, not just with your clients, but if they're gifting money, why not bring the children into that conversation? You know, I mean, we talk about children. We're, we're probably looking at mm. adult children, we're probably looking at, uh, you know, children in their maybe late 30s early 40s maybe as soon as in in, in their sort of early 50s um i do remember there was a stat last year where um you know people born in 1981 the average age they will inherit is 64 years old um mm. so being born in that year i'm thinking i've got a long time to go before i'm going to inherit any money if i'm lucky enough to inherit any money yeah. um so you know bring Bring my generation into the conversation now. Um, you know, if you are gifting money, um, mm -hmm. is it possible to be having those conversations with clients um, uh, and their the next generation to see actually about investing that money rather than squandering it? So, it's it's around about client inertia, not wanting to do anything because they're worried, but putting clients' minds at rest. Um, in order to say that actually there is still things that you know there are still planning you can can do you know trusts for example if you want a little bit more control um over that so it's very client specific um iht and gifting um it's not a subject that's easily sort of put into a sort of box and there's like a pre-made solution already you know if you have someone uh in their early 30s it doesn't 
contribute to a pension, that's easy. You you get them to contribute to a pension. But for someone who has an IHT problem, um, there's so many different things we need to think about before just boxing off a solution. So mm-hmm. um, it's a great way for advisors to really build relationships with their clients and longevity of those relationships as well. Mm, and also, as you said there, Kat, to build that intergenerational planning facility, which we talk about such a lot, isn't it? Yes. You mentioned there about the written and unwritten rules. I wondered about the unwritten rules. Is that yeah. more talking about the family side of things? I think I think it is, yeah. I think um, it's, it's where you have awkward family situations, Um you know, I mean, I'm sure we all know uh, we may all have family situations where it's a little bit tricky because, you know, maybe someone doesn't quite like someone else or, um, you know, you might have a family situation. Um, you know, I'm going to take my own situation. So I'm power of attorney for my mum and dad. Um, my brother, they asked my brother also to be power of attorney, but he just that for, for him, he's not in financial services. That's just not something that he would be willing to take on or wanted anything to do with because he's not money savvy or he's not, um, he's just, you know, built differently to myself. So, um, you know, that puts a lot of pressure on me if, you know, at the, you know, the, the, the decision came that my mum and dad were no longer able to manage their own affairs, then I would be responsible. And then I've got to think about, well, Am I then going to be accused of uh, favouring my children over, you know, uh, my nieces and nephews? It just starts to get a bit complicated. So the unwritten rules are you need to be aware of all these family situations. Um, you know, I'll always remember the case where um, we had a, a an advisor had a particularly tricky situation where um, his client had remarried um, and hadn't told his new wife that he had children uh, from a previous relationship and he didn't want um, her to know about that, but he wanted to be included in the will. So I know we're going a little bit EastEnders here, but (laughs) this is real life. Um, You know, this this is, we hear about all these scenarios where where, uh, money's misused under power of attorney, um, the number of complaints to the public Office of Public Guardian about misuse of um, uh, people's money is on the rise all the time. And normally, these things are picked up too late when the clients actually passed away and the money's been spent and gone. So um, it's around about helping clients do as much planning and preparation whilst they're still here, but most importantly, able to do that and make sure that when if they're in a position where they're no longer able, i.e. they start to lose capacity, their wishes and what they would like to happen is recorded. Because um, Nine times out of ten, when people fill in power of attorney um, uh, forms, they don't leave specific requests or they don't leave, um, you know, what what they would like to happen. And there's space on the forms for that. Um, if you want to ensure that, you know, any financial decisions have been made that the your power of attorney must contact your financial advisor, they must go through ABC Financial Services Limited. Um, so there's space to do that. So just helping clients to to think of all the possibilities. I know it's not nice because we're talking about you know contentious family situations, but I think that is real life these days. Well, I think there's a good point there about plenty of time as well, particularly when it comes to things like gifts with reservation. That the time is is uh with well who knows when when we're all going to pop our clocks but you with the seven year clock ticking 
that uh, really does matter, doesn't it? So making sure that timing is everything and consider it with clients before the crunch actually happens because by then it's generally too late. You are listening to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to be notified as soon as a new episode becomes available and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram at IFA Magazine. So Kat, really good point there about doing things in plenty of time, particularly when it comes to gifts with reservation and the seven year clock ticking and making sure that advisors are talking to their clients well in advance of any significant problems coming their way to make sure that these gifts and whatever decisions they make can be most effective, isn't it? So I wonder then if perhaps we could touch on what what might happen if some of these rules are not followed properly? What are the consequences for advisors' clients well, and beneficiaries? Yeah, sure. Um, well, um, tax probably is the, the biggest consequence um, or paying more tax than, um, you know, that the clients should have maybe paid if the rules had been followed correctly or we'd uh, done our gifting in the right order. And mm-hmm. um, we might find that some of these gifts are, um, you know, fall back into the state for IHT purposes. Um, you know, it's not to say that it's not, you know, because obviously you've got this like seven year clock. So probably one of the, one of the biggest areas is gifts falling back into the state. But mm-hmm. I think advisors need to remember that, it might fall back into the state, but it will not be liable for the full amount of IHT because you've got that that sort of tapering um, effect down. So maybe some of the gift will fall back into the state. Um, getting it in in the in the right order is 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 obviously key. Um, gift with reservation. One of the one of the the the, the biggest areas with this is. Um, maybe mums and dads giving the house, putting the house, signing the house over to the to the children's name. Um mm. and you know, we're all on social media here. Um the rise of TikTok videos around about this subject. I don't know if any of you have seen them. Um just shows you the algorithms that work with my TikTok feed that it's full of um uh, uh, life assurance and and uh, and IHT planning. But there's lots of TikTok videos out there now explaining the rules around about gifting houses, especially houses to to children and and the way to do it to to avoid IHT, so to speak. But it's around about, yeah, people thinking, well, if I'll just put the house in my children's name and give them the house, then that's not a problem. So it's it's understanding the rules of that. There's nothing wrong with doing that, um, but it's just understanding that you might have to pay your children rent. Um, there's understanding the, the the rules around about um, uh, you know, it falling back into say or 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 failing failing um the the rules. So it's not mm-hmm. to say if the rules aren't met that it's it's not been the right process. Um, it might just mean a little bit more tax. Um, it might have been a uh, unavoidable situation. Um, would love to know exactly your, you know, date and time of death so you can plan all this. But life happens, and we can plan as much as we want. Um, you know, I think it was Mike Tyson says everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Um, so and and life <laughs> tends to do that to us quite a lot. Um, so it's around about maybe being flexible with with the plans. Um. An idea that a lot of advisors use is uh, to still carry carry on doing their IHT planning to try and mitigate that IHT tax, 
but maybe wrapping some life assurance um, in a trust so that mm. if it fails, they've still got money there to pay that IHT bill. Um, need to write that in trust, though, because not writing it in trust is going to give you additional problems. Um, but it's just yeah, giving people options. And actually, um, the premiums that life assurance could be paid out of normal expenditure, um, and of income, uh, which is probably the most underused IHT exemption um, uh, going around just now. I mean, clients uh, are unaware that if they have excess income, they can gift that away and it's not part of the, the £3,000. As long as they keep proper note, you know, note taking and, and they've got a um they've got a record of, of the gifts that they're given and it's not impacted on their standard of living um it's designed to be regular um, and it is out of income then you know you could be potentially using those those types of um uh sort of iht um exemptions to to help with that so um what happens if the rules are not followed um might just have to pay a little bit more tax or uh, the advisor will have to deal with the irate beneficiaries <laughs> when <laughs> when the client is no longer here. Yes, yes. Go there at your peril, advisors. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, sadly, we are quickly running out of time here. But before we wrap up for today, Kat, what, what do you see as some of the main barriers to early gifting? Um, I think the main barrier for early gifting is people living longer. Um, uh, I think um, the fact that we might need the money longer. Um, so because, as I said, we don't have that magical clock as to we know when people are going to, to die, um, your clients might not want to gift away, say they've got a liability of £100,000, uh, because what happens if they need to go into care? Um, and they've gifted that money away. And I don't know about you, but I think if I needed to go into long-term care, I would like to have as much money as possible because I want to afford the nicest one with the spa and the cinema and all the facilities that, that some of these care homes have these days. Um, so yeah, people living longer, people uh, worried about this, you know, the, the younger generation squandering the money. Um, and uh, um yeah, I'd say that. Yeah, living longer and squandering the money are probably the biggest barriers. Excellent. Some good tips there, Kat. And I wonder for advisors who have got particular uh, queries and problems that they're coming across with their clients, what resources are there from MG Wealth that they can tap into? So we have our award-winning technical team, um, Les Cameron and the team, um, where they are available for any uh, sort of IHT or tax or pension, any technical um, resource. That's a resource we have for advisors, so advisors can contact their usual M&G Wealth point of contact and they can put them in touch with um, Les and the team. Um, Pro Advisor, there's our M&G Wealth um, website. There's a, a vast amount of technical articles, especially on IHT, um, uh, advisors can um, get lost and read all of that um, information on, on the website. Well, that's useful to know. So for anyone listening in today who, who wants to pose some particular questions to, the, to Les and the team there, then thank you, Kat. That's, that sounds really good. So I know, thank you, Kat, for joining us today. We seem to have sped by on that conversation. And as you said, there is just so much so much material there to get to grips with. We can only really just scratch the surface today. And hopefully what we have done is to flag up some of the key issues to get advisors to start thinking about it and start to apply now with the tax year coming 
to a close and a brand new one obviously starting on April the 6th. So there's plenty of opportunity to begin these conversations with clients if you haven't already done so. Kat, thank you for joining us and thank you to all our listeners for listening in today. We're always very grateful for you tuning in. IFA Talk is for investment professionals only. All material has been carefully checked for accuracy, but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies. Whatever appropriate, independent research and whatever necessary legal advice should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast. And value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up. You may not get back the amount you originally invested.